What's up, Soul Warriors, and welcome to Season 3 of the Recovery Soul Food Podcast. This is your host, LC, and this Episode 1, I'm telling you, we have upped the game. We have brought you a guest that is absolutely sure to nourish your recovering soul. Let me tell you about Kareth Foster. She is not only a brilliant, beautiful, amazing human being, but she has also written one of Amazon's top 15 books called You Can Be Perfect or You Can Be Happy. Now, Kareth Foster is a nationally known, world-renowned comedian, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, mother, wife, just all around badass. And that's right, we got her right here in episode one, the season three kickoff of the Recovery Soul Food Podcast. This is a beautiful, beautiful, amazing, soul-nourishing episode, and I'm so grateful you're here to listen. So without further ado, Welcome, Recovery Soul Food meets Kareth Foster. What's up, Soul Warriors? It's me, LC. I am so, so grateful to be here with you today and to bring you such an amazing show. This is the season three kickoff of the Recovery Soul Food Podcast. We're doing it live. We have an amazing, spectacular, outstanding guest today. And I'm telling you guys, it just, oh, it is, it just so heartwarming and and passion filled for me to get to bring you this type of content. In our midst today, we have an amazing speaker, author, humorist, all-around amazing human being. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And what we're going to do today with Miss Kareth Foster is go over her new book, You Can Be Perfect or You Can Be Happy. We're also going to talk a little about her story, about 12 steps, master manifestations, belief, soul healing, heart healing, living from the heart. There's just so much that's going to take place here today. We're also going to do a live giveaway of Kareth's new book, You Can Be Perfect or You Can Be Happy. And this is just going to be an amazing day. And I thank you for celebrating my birthday here with me in such an amazing, beautiful way. I've never got to do it like this. And so I know that this is going to be the kickoff to what's going to be an amazing, outstanding, spectacular year. I don't think I have any more ways to describe how awesome this is. So you guys go ahead and get this shared out through all your platforms and uh, invite all of your friends because this is going to be a monumental occasion. So if you all are ready, I'm ready. I know Miss Foster's ready. So let's 
get to this episode one, season three of the Recovery Soul Food Podcast meets Kareth Foster. Can you believe it? <laughs> oh, oh darling. Oh, first of all, happy birthday. Thank you. Secondly, if I could just like bottle you up and take you with me everywhere I go, every place I speak for you to give me that kind of introduction, hey. you have a lifetime job for you, my friend. <laughs> hey, I ride in people's pockets. I don't mind telling the truth about folks because this, you know, I... I only, you were only brought into my reality about three weeks ago tops by my, my brother in life, my soul brother, Martin John Garcia, Recover Yourself podcast. And from that moment on, I, I knew I was like, this is like my soul twin. Like we're all talking about the most amazing things. And, and, and I'm, you know, I, I am in the recovery community and everything in this book is a road to recovery and how to really, really heal. And every page I turn, everything I read is like, this is what I'm talking about. This is, this is what I, I, I just desperately want the most amazing audience on the internet right here with us is that's what I want them to know is, you know, happiness is attainable. And it lives in you and you can come from anywhere, regardless of where you've been and, and, and make your life exactly what you want it to be. And so let's get into shattering paradigms and old mindsets and stinking thinking and, and get to it. So Kareth, you do everything. You are <laughs> an author, you're a comedian. Mm-hmm. Radio TV host, you've been the star of of two big um, documentaries. Um, Can we take a joke? I think is one mm-hmm. and safe spaces. No safe spaces. You speak on diversity, which you've now turned to inversity, which I've been using now. Coined your phrase. It's beautiful. There's just so much that you do, and yet you're still a mom. You're still a wife. You're still a human being above it all. How? in the world. First of all, I guess, tell us a little bit of your history and your story and why this is so passionate to you. Sure. Well, first of all, you know, I, 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 I do often feel like that. I don't know who hasn't seen the musical Hamilton at this point, um, but I, we, we became obsessed with it when it came out on Disney plus and there's that line, you know, why do you write like you're running out of time? And I, I feel like I'm Hamilton in that respect. Like I got so much to get out and I got to get just, you know, like I'm running out of time. Um, and not that, you know, there's this like immense pressure. I mean, it's the pressure I put on myself, but it's right. like, I just I want to give people so much. 
and how what's the best medium to do it and for a long time it was comedy and i love comedy i love humor i i call myself jokingly a recovered journalist because that's what i went to school for because from the time i was in middle school i just felt that my purpose was to be this beacon of light and truth and i thought well that's how you do it because i saw all these people on tv looking like they knew what they were talking about and sharing information and educating the masses and then i got into it and i realized oh yeah this isn't exactly how this works <laughs> <laughs> and the truth i want to tell they may not like um right. and i don't know if i can tell all of their truths uh so let me find something else and that's when I found comedy, or rather, it found me. I was in the, uh, I was working at The View at the time, um, the, you know, when Bar the show Barbara Walters started 20 some years ago. And we literally shared space with a soap opera, All My Children, Rested Soul. And we were in, I was in the ladies' lounge, and this girl comes in and is like, hey, can you watch me do a set? And I always tell people if anybody walks into a New York City bathroom and asks you to watch them do something, you run. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I was like, okay. So she proceeded to do six to seven minutes of stand-up comedy, which is what a set is called, right? They're set right. amount of time for comedy. And I was bowled over because I was never the class clown. I was kind of the goody two-shoes, the straight-A student, but I always loved comedy, always. I would sneak to stay up late to watch Johnny Carson and Jay Leno, right? <laughs> I just, I, and I, I wanted to see who the comics were. And I was just, I just knew there was such healing that came from laughter. And yes. it was so cathartic. And then I got into that world and I realized that so much of comedy does come from pain. Absolutely. And there's there's the equation of, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. <laughs> um, so I do use humor and comedy in almost everything that I that I do. And while stand-up comedy isn't my main uh, thing anymore, I it's it's more speaking and creating programming. I do incorporate humor because I think it's just such a phenomenal tool that connects us on a deeper level that erases the, you know, takes the edge off of things so that we can have more heartfelt conversations and not be on the offense, not be on the defense, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So your purpose came and found you in a bathroom, which goes to show <laughs> divinity has jokes, but your purpose can pull you down when you're ready for it. Yeah, where you are. I love Absolutely. that. It's and like what's really wild, Elsie, is that, you know, I was at a point in my life where, you know, this was supposed to be a dream job. Um, yeah. I don't know if you, if you ever saw the film, The Devil Wears Prada. Uh, and there's a line in there where Anne Hathaway's character is like, you know, I have this dream job and I'm miserable. A million girls would kill for this job and I'm miserable. And that's how I felt at that time at The View. Like I, I knew it wasn't a right fit for my soul. Right. Right. But it was like, you know, a million people would kill to do this. And I was too scared to do anything. But God, the universe has ways of being like, oh, wait, here's something. Here's yeah. a new door. Or here's a steel-toed boot <laughs> because yes. you're not going to move. So yeah. I'm going to move you. <laughs> Absolutely. I have, I've been on the receiving end of that steel-toed boot the last couple months of my life. And I'm telling you, it, you know, and it, and it is so shaken up. But I, I, what I love about recovery and what you're talking about and the way that it all just intermingles. I always call it a gumbo because I'm from the deep South. It's just a gumbo of, of healing when we're able to take from so many things, because the, the difference in just getting that boot over and over and over again. And, and there's a, there is a chapter in your book, a section that, you know, that 
why, you know, life's happening through me, not to me, you know, away from the why me. I used to live in the why me. Mm-hmm. And getting that boot over and over, sometimes the boot comes to show you how much work you've done. Mm-hmm. And that's the gift of yeah. the boot. And I love that because it really, sometimes we think, well, that sounds kind of rough. And we, we, we get in because we're human. We get in these situations and circumstances in life that are just, we don't know if we're going to get through sometimes. Mm-hmm. No, just from, you know, the little bit we've talked, what I've read about you, listening to your interview, you know, you've been through many of those. I mean, like this, you're, you're in a, in a job that's a dream job to the world. People are telling you, you are crazy. I know you must've heard you are crazy to let go of this and go pick up this, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred mm-hmm. times from the people that loved you the most. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's usually those people. Like that's when I say there's another chapter called ignore the critics. Yes. Right. Ignore the critics. Cause if the critics aren't always just the haters. Like, yeah, the critics are the haters and those are the people that are jealous that you're yep. doing something they wish they could do. Absolutely. Right. And they don't know how to handle it. So they put you down or try to make you feel bad. But sometimes the critics actually are, are they love you. Yeah. And, but they're living in their fear. Yeah. Right. Which sometimes yeah. we can adopt. Yes. Yes. And sometimes we have to ignore them as well because we know what our heart wants and what our soul wants and what is right for us, even though it's scary. Yes. And let me ask you this, Kareth, how do you, how is it that, you know, we, we have these cliche, you know, statements that we make in our world, follow your heart and live from your heart or follow your intuition or your own knowing. And I know for me, especially when I was out in active addiction, my intuition just really never over you know, over was overriding my desire for what I needed at the time. It only showed up later when I was sitting there going, oh, I shouldn't and I knew I shouldn't. Tell me how it is that you managed to get in, in touch enough with your intuition and connected with your heart to be able to know that I'm going to step through this even in fear. Because the fear comes. Oh, yeah. It's not coming. The the fear doesn't stop coming just because you like hit some like modicum of success or some level in your life. Um, And so I am not even going to come close to being like, look at my life. I figured it all out. My everything is perfect. My hair, my outfit, my hat. No, uh uh-uh. No, y'all. Y'all don't see the the two piles of laundry in the other room. Okay. (laughs) But what I will say as far as intuition, you know, it's something we all have, first of all. And to think, if you think it, you don't, you just may not have have listened to it yet or found out how your intuition actually works. And it's so funny you bring this up because I joined something recently. There's a a dear friend of mine, two friends actually, started a a group called the Intuition Gym. And it's for people to go and work out. You know, just like you go to the gym to work your muscles out, right? You go to schools, you build up your, your mind. Well, this is about building your intuition because, you know, where are you really taught how to do that? And our intuition operates on different levels and sometimes we have to uncover it or sometimes we just have to really strengthen it. So, you know, for me, it was a, it's a process. It's still a process. It's ongoing. Um, but I've learned to listen to myself and we talk about, I love how everything is not everything, but how you, you talk about the heart, right? And I say what I do, it's not hard work. It's heart work. Yes. 
Yes. You know, whether it's bringing people together. Now, this is what I just recently learned about this. And I mean, recently, like it's in the past year about heart math, right? And about the fact that our hearts aren't just these amazing muscles that pump blood through our bodies, but they actually have over 40 to 60,000 neuroreceptors that think and feel and learn independently from our brains. Yes. So when your heart doesn't feel good about something, when it, your heart aches, even though you may logically know that it, whatever is for the best, it's a, your heart is still thinking on its own. It's, they call it the little brain. And, and our guts actually have a brain too, believe it or not. You know? So when I tell people if they're wondering about something, you know, do the head, heart, gut check. Yep. yep. And, 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 and listen to yourself because you, you do know. You do yeah. know. You know right from wrong. And sometimes that gets overridden by desire, as you said, or lust or, or fear, right? Or, uh, and, and that fear can show up in, in, as inadequacy. Right. As in, I'm not enough. As in, I failed before. So why am I even going to bother? Yeah. You know, that fear, that's all that fear is. And fear is the opposite of love, not hate. Fear. Fear is uh, the opposite of love. Oh, that's so good. And it really, it, it leads me into that, that next part that I think is, is just so key to all of this is number one, have, learning how to trust yourself. And I think that part of that comes from that inner critic, which another, you know, part that you have here in the book is, you know, I think I over overthinking and the inner critic and, and that self-talk. And, you know, I, I talk to, to, I mean, excessively to this amazing audience all the time about the power of your own self-talk because it ruled my life living in that vat of the fear. I'm not good enough. I, you know, I can't do this. I've ruined my life. And so many people coming into recovery, which I believe is the next revolution of, of love bringing out and leading the way for our world to come into this, you know, this big awakening. And so I think that your advice for us and because i've always thought if you if you know what's happening in your brain if you know what's happening in your heart if you learn the structures of things it seems to be a lot easier to do some work on those things like an engine you don't you know i met one of my neighbors this past weekend she said i heard a knocking in my car so i just started pouring fluids in everywhere and i was like what what? That's better than putting tape over the light so you don't have to oh, see it. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> Which is an option. It doesn't work, but it's an option. <laughs> it certainly is. You know, denial works just as much as, you know, just trying everything. But if we take a moment to, you know, come to it and, and really start moving that healing, learning about the processes, we can create strategies. And that's my big thing is creating strategies. Your book is full of strategies. And I'm not going to lie, guys, like, like y'all know how I am with books, but you know, like I started reading this thing. I'm already through, you know, a highlight. You know, highlights. Oh, honey. <laughs> I mean, it's a resource book that, that will go. I started highlighting in the introduction. Like I was through a highlighter in the introduction. I was thinking, I haven't gotten to chapter one yet. Oh, wow. This is going to be 
Good. Oh, thank you. Well, truly, this is a book from the heart. Like it, this is a this was a passion project, and you know, and also a giant note to self. Again, you know, I'm 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 in the trenches too. You know, I'm I'm navigating this thing we call life as best I can. But I thought if I can put some of the lessons I learned that sometimes I need to even go back and review and share that with the world, then you know, how can I hold on to that? Like how selfish. Yeah. of me to just keep this for just me. Um, and that was one of the things, you know, we were talking about fear earlier. I mean, if I had my way, I'd still be writing that book and editing it. But at some point you have to say, you know what, this is good enough. Yes. And yeah, there are mistakes in there. And I even had two other editors <laughs> work on this. <laughs> and there are misspellings and there's some, you know, it's not going to be perfect, but it doesn't have to be perfect for you to get what you need to get out of it. And I think we we fall into this thing that I also share in the book, I call it perfection paralysis, right? Yep. And that perfection paralysis, oh, that is a bad boy because that will stop you from going for things that you really wanna do. It'll keep you you know, procrastinating. It'll keep that I'm not enough, the, the, the self-doubt. Like it, 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 that's what perfection paralysis is all about. Where we think, oh, I'm just lazy. No, you just you, you just have perfection paralysis because you know you want to do something really well. You're just scared you're not going to do it well. And again, hear that. hear that, warriors, please hear that. One thing in recovery that we talk about constantly is procrastination, and there is always that feeling. And if you know, hear that, y'all. Like the procrastination is not. A, a moral, you know, failing. It's not a failing of values. It is fear. It is perfectionism. I, I'm there. I mean, I have four or five platforms. I'm like you. I want to give so much. That's why opening this show, that, that first thing you shared meant so much to me. I get as much healing from, from doing this that, you know, as anyone else does. It's a healing journey we're all in. So talk to us a little bit about like, you know, about 12 steps. I mean, talk to people about your life and, and some of that pain you've come from and how you've come to be. Sure. So I, I was just really introduced to the 12 steps from my own personal experience uh, about a, a, a year and a half ago, I'll say. I um. Because I, I know it's supposed to be like anonymous, but I, I was in a program for people who had addiction to flour and sugar. Wow. That's my that's my that's my vice. Mm -hmm. Flour and sugar. It still is. Um, and I so but we adopted this the, the blue book. Right. And I learned about the 12 steps and the processes. And, and it was so powerful. And, um, you know, it's funny because. I, I wrote most of this book before I even started doing that. But then wow. I saw the parallels, wow. right? Which is why I think you associate with it so much. So it was like, right. I was kind of onto it anyway. Yeah. But it's nice to have it validated and something that has been, you know, such a, a marker for people to achieve success um, across the board. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, you know, I, I've I've certainly had my struggles, you know. I, I've dealt with from certain abusive situations, emotionally, um, work and professional life. Um, you know, not really understanding fully my value and my worth, 
to mm. getting to a place where I realized that, you know, you were the chapter you were referring to early on was, you know, ask why this is happening for me. Yes. Versus why is this happening to me? Yes. And so many of my greatest lessons have come out of the why is this happening for me? Yes. Especially the really painful stuff. And that's not to say that anybody asked for bad things to happen to that's them. Right. right? And, and it's not to excuse anybody who does something awful to you, whether you're an adult or a child, right? right? But the four, why did this happen for me, is your way to claim victory over victimhood, right? Oh, and say, I, I survived this. This happened for me so I could see exactly how strong I was, exactly oh, yeah. how blessed I am, exactly you know how I get to take whatever I learned and impart it on someone else's life. Yes, yes. Because whether it's whether it's one person at a bus stop that you talk to, or a million people over the internet or on a stage, the size of the stage matters not. It's the giving of the gift of turning that tragedy into triumph. And it's like throwing that pebble in in the in the lake, and it just ripples out because you never know who that's going to touch. Mm -hmm. My entire life was really kind of shown to me this year and one of my family members young family member stepping up and speaking out about you know hey i've been suffering with addiction for this amount of time and, and in that moment it was like when the needle hits the groove it was like mm. man all of this was worth it so that you know mm. i can I can give to his life and he can now then give to his two children's lives. And our family no longer has to continue this cycle. There you go. And you know, if that's what it's all for, if none of this ever goes anywhere, that's enough. That's enough, you know, for me. And so, yeah, it, that's really, really powerful. And that's and, why I, 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 sorry to cut you off, but that's why I, oh, think, no. I, I encourage people to share, share their stories, yeah. share your story. Yeah. Not, not because you're bragging, not because you're, oh, right. how great I am, but share because you have no idea whose life you can touch, whose life you can help turn around, who, who needs that comfort of knowing they're not alone. Yep. Yep. Because that's the disease. The disease of addiction of any kind wants you to be isolated. The disease of abuse, the disease of a victimhood makes you want to be isolated. And it tells you, oh, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. That that's how you feel. It's exactly how you feel without a doubt, without a doubt. And, you know, so in, in all of your struggles and, and going through, I, I just love people that, you know, because I was the opposite. We always admire what's the opposite of, you know, who we are, but, but I admire because you remind me, so this is going to sound funny, but we're being vulnerable. So I'm just going to get, oh, totally. so since I first heard Oprah Winfrey's story about being nine and going through sexual abuse, I always saw how she was able to early on really flip that tragedy. But in connection with that story, because I had gone through abuse, there was always like this underlying connection with, okay, I see somebody that can share that and move past and, and do the big things that she feels called to do. And I see you a lot like that as well, you know, where you've gone through these struggles but you were able to, you know, step through. And I admire that so much because I lived 
in my regrets for so long and felt paralyzed there. So, and it's, it has been in doing all the work that's here in your book, doing all the work that we talk about that has gotten me to a place now where I think there is no dream that's um, too big. And I love one of the Wayne Dyer um, quotes that you used in the book that, and I, I would take too long finding it and I want to give it all to you, but I'll just say it, but you couldn't dream it if it wasn't somehow meant for you. That's right. That's right. I, I, they, what I say, he, what he said, and I paraphrase it actually is when you have an idea, when you have a dream, that is the seed that has been planted by God, source, universe, whatever terminology you want to use. That's a seed for you to grow. Yes. And that means you have to nurture that seed. You have to till the land. You have to water your garden. You have to pull the weeds. Yes. And you have to do the work to get that seed to bloom, but it wouldn't be there if it wasn't supposed to come, come into fruition, literally. Absolutely. So when you have that dream and then the fear kicks in, that's when you have to come back around, you know, when it throws a left, you throw a right saying, you know, this is mine. That's this right. is my dream. It's meant for me because, you know, I often make the connection between I watch TV and I see somebody jumping off a rock and I think that's cool but I'm not led to do that. Something else, I see somebody do stand-up comedy and that was the original thing I wanted to be as a young person. Oh, and wow. Caught in the identity whole crisis and the, you know, been through the, I don't, we don't know what to do with this one. And I didn't know what to do with me either. And so, come exactly. Story of my life. Story about, I, and it was, you know, we were talking about the struggle. I don't want people to think, just think like, oh, her struggle is just, you know, she can't put a donut down. Like <laughs> with the flour and sugar, like <laughs> the struggle I, I had going a little bit deeper, and I do share in the book is, is growing up in a place that was yeah. not very diverse and being yeah. the only black person ever in any of my classes from the time I was basically in third grade on through even my freshman year of college, and being told constantly that I wasn't black enough, whatever that meant to people. Right. I didn't fit the stereotype, I didn't sound a stereotype. And I, I mean, I've, I've learned to use all of that pain as material in my comedy, but it got to this point where I just, I felt so caught between two worlds, right? And yeah. all of us are just trying to figure out our identity, especially as adolescents. And yes. I struggled with my weight because I was also, I was severely asthmatic and allergic. And so I was on steroids, which is oh. a big hormone that does horrible things to you emotionally and physically. I mean, there's a picture from, I think my very first passport and I, my face is so swollen. I look like a sumo wrestler. And so I was going through that and, and then just the regular hormones of teenage life. And I, you know, I, I, I remember telling my parents, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And thank God they listened and yeah. they got me help and I got therapy and I got psychiatric, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. wasn't left to just flounder or figure it out. Thank God. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, I've been through the trenches of, of wondering like, you know, is this my life? Can I even keep it up going? And, and I think, you know, that was part of my, not just my story, but like what I had to go through to strengthen me. To be yes. able to be like, you know what? I, I, why do I have to be identified just as black? Why can't yes. I be just Kareth? Why can't I be a comedian? Yes. Why can't I be not just my gender, not just my skin color, not just, you know what I mean? I'm so yes. much more than that. And we all are. So I yes. I, I hate the labels. I hate, I it, 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 and I get it. Like I get everybody wants to claim something and an identity. So mm -hmm. no disrespect to people who are choosing their pronouns, right? right. 
Right. But I do feel that it does a disservice when that's the only way you choose to be yes. identified. Absolutely. And I am so with you and I'll always and forever thank my friend Martin for us having that conversation that really opened up that internal conversation and, and brought that to light. Because the thing is, is I think it's got to be brought to light. If it's not brought to light, you can't fix it or you can't modify it or you can't enhance it, whatever that is to you. And I, I know that labels limit everything. And so I, I often urge people not to identify with the label of addict because yes. the, the whole addict addiction, you we just subconsciously start building a life within those walls. Right. And we don't start feeling that we're being suffocated until we reach those walls and we can't go any farther. If I sit down in that big room and, and it's massive space, I don't feel so bad. But as you grow, you start realizing I can't grow past this if I'm with this. And so, you know, that's been a great part of my learning year, my work this year. And I'm grateful that you talked about that and that you shared that because I, that's exactly what I wanted you to share. I want people to see we're all going through something, yeah. you know. We're all going through things. We're all human beings. And it doesn't matter our, our color or our gender or, or what people say. Mm -hmm. the, what you said is what our true mission here on earth is, is to get back to our divine selves, to who we are, discover and live from that place versus living from, I got to have the right car, got to have the right job. And if I don't, I start drinking myself to death because you know, I don't measure up to these standards that whoever set. Right, right. But that whole comparison thing, right? That comparison and judging. Like that's, you know, I have a, there's a chapter called Stop It. And people yep. are like, stop what? Stop, stop it. Stop, <laughs> <doing>. <laughs> stop judging other people. Yes. Um, one of the ways to get over the judgment thing. And, you know, I'm so, so grateful that I had someone who mentored me as a comedian who, who really, brought that idea to light but you know when you're judging someone what you're basically saying is you have to think exactly the same way i do because mm -hmm. i'm right and yep. if you're not on the same page exactly with me then you're not right you're right. wrong so right. not only when we judge people like are we demanding that they see exactly the same way we do we do but then what we're saying is oh wait a second if someone's judging me then they're saying i'm wrong too and yep. we got to carry that that cloak yep right now it's a really easy fix. It's so simple. You're going to be like, what? Have an opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. Opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody's got one. That's right. That's All right? right. It's your opinion. And guess what? When you're like, oh, that's so-and-so's opinion, that their opinion just slides off your back like water off a duck. Yep. Yep. And yep. it's like, it's that easy just to make that little, that mental switch because then you're not carrying that weight on you. Yep. Because I liked what you said in, in Martin's interview that you did. And if y'all haven't seen uh, Martin's interview with Kara, the recovery yourself podcast, um, then go to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere Martin is and see this interview as well, because that was one of the things that 
you were talking about in there that when you identify so much with an identity, the moment somebody comes against it, you, you know, there's a, there's a fight there. There's, there's anger there. And, and if, and especially if they come against it in a way, and I was before Martin and I had that conversation, I was feeling like I had to fight all those battles. You don't get to be a trans guy in the South and, you know, as well as uh, recovering from addictions and stuff. And I had identified with all of those things. And so I felt like I was fighting this big biblical battle. I was having to fly the flag uh, for addicts everywhere, trans people everywhere, LGBTQ everywhere. I was flying the flag for God because I'm like, you people are ridiculous. This is not who God is. What is wrong with you? And then the moment that I really came into that, that switch and just flipped just those tiny little things in the brain. It was so, it was so nice to throw off the responsibility of fighting all those fights every day. Another Wayne Dyer quote that has just been the theme of this week. So I love that you said what you said, but you know, he said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And that is so applicable to not just what you just were talking about, but like everything, like what we're going through right now as a country, right? Yeah. When we change the way we look at it, like some people see this as this, you know, we're about to have this great reckoning. Well, yeah. Or maybe we're about to have a great awakening. Yeah. For people to be like, you know what? This is all nonsense. This fighting, this drama. This, this hatred, it's nonsense. And we are not going to tolerate anymore. And we are going to live out of love and yes. starting with ourselves. And we're going to make a change that way. Yes. Yes. And what an amazing way to transition right into what I wanted you to talk about. Because a lot of the places that we come from, from judgment is a lack of love for ourselves. Yeah. I believe the people that point the fingers the most have a real hard time accepting or seeing that everything they're pointing at is either fear in them or they're afraid that it's part of them. And so your book is a beautiful manual for how to learn how to love yourself. And so many people in this, in the recovery community come from places of addiction, abuse, trauma. They don't know how to do that. They think it's ludicrous. Like I did too. You know, I can love everybody else, but I can't love myself. So that whole cliche, but well, you can't love anybody else if you don't truly love you first love yourself. And I'm thinking, well, that's bullshit. You know, this whole internal mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. is so true. And talk to us about that because oh, I am, I, I, oh, there's so much like we could have three hours on this. I but know. I, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready. Uh, this this week is getting celebrating Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday um, on Monday. I'm, I'm speaking at a, a university, and I get to. It's not just for the university; it's for the whole community, and it, you know anybody can 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 check it out. But you know, I was thinking about like what Dr. King's legacy, right? And one of the things that he said, of course, he said many, but you know, to judge a person by their not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character, right? Yeah. And it made me think of like really looking at what he meant by like content, right? The content of someone's character. And we think of like the content, like the content of uh, a recipe is the ingredients, right? The content okay. of a package is everything that's inside of it. The content of, 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 of medication are the, you know, the chemicals. Well, the content, what are the contents of us? 
And it's everything that we put into ourselves, right? Yep. From what we eat to the substances we use to yep. the what we the music we listen to, the yep. media we watch, the people we associate with, and that is reflective in our character, right? That's what makes us up. Yep. And so where love comes in is when you love yourself, truly love yourself, you're careful. Yes. More careful about the content. Yes. Of what you let in. Yes. Because if you want to be protective of somebody else, say a child or a family member, like you have to think about yourself that way too. And, and you know, I used to travel a great deal before COVID hit and my children would come with me, my husband as well. And the flight attendant would always, you know, I'd usually be in between the two kids and my husband would be in another row. And the flight attendant would always come by and, you know, see the kids and see me and say, listen, ma'am, you know, if the oxygen masks fall, you know, put yours on first, then pick your favorite kid and put theirs on. <laughs> Sometimes they would say pick your favorite. If they were funny, they would say that. <laughs> right. But and I re I remember the first couple of times going, why would I not put their masks on first? This is these are the loves of my life. I made these people. They are my everything. Yeah. And then it dawned on me, if I don't put my mask on first, and then I become incapacitated, how in the world can I help them? Absolutely. That wasn't selfish. It was self-care. And that's what love is. It's self yes. taking care of yourself so that you then can take care of your business, your friends, your family, your loved ones, your pet. Yeah. Right? That yeah. is love. And love is, is kindness. Love is not beating yourself up. You know, yeah. love, is, love is taking time to be like, you know what? I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to stay in my pajamas for a day and just chill and, and Netflix. And do, you know, and then tomorrow I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna start the day fresh. You know, love is saying, you know, what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna eat that thing or or, or put that in my body because yep. you know, what? I know that that's not what love is. That's not gonna make me feel loved. Right, right, absolutely, and that's so good. And it comes in. I also believe that growing in self love comes in different stages as well as through the process. And you know, like you just said. In just that example of I'm going to, you know what, I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to be here all day and I'm going to just do this. And and it doesn't mean that that old thing's not going to come at you going, oh, you're lazy. You're missing this and you're missing that. But it's that it's that really that internal conversation that then says, yeah, I mean, I can do all of that, but it's going to get half of my attention or a quarter of my attention. I'm gonna, I can say yes to everybody because I love where you're talking about say yes and then just say no. And, and, and it's so true. We come out of active addiction and we've never been counted on. So we want to say yes to everything because we have no concept of self-love and self-care. And then we're completely, you know, run down and we have nothing left to give. We end up popping off at somebody because we're exhausted and we just ruin everything. And it's like this big cycle we get into. And, you know, one of the things in the book that I think lends itself to self-love and self-care, and I want to ask you this and to give to the audience, is being present. Yeah. How, it, that's important to me in, in my self-love journey, um, you know not just the outside of me being happy with the outside of me, but learning how to be happy with the inside of me the most. And that for me means not having to accomplish everything all at once. And I have found since I've started a mindfulness practice and being present that 
That's like the small little breaks. I call it like a heart nap, all mm -hmm. different times of the day. Now, what you talk about this in the book in great detail, and you even give like steps to being present and starting a mindfulness practice. Talk to us about what being present actually means. It means that you are, are just, you're in tune with you. And I wish I could go back and add a little bit more. Maybe there'll be another version of the book. But one of the things I've been speaking to lately is, is honoring time. Mm. And I think one of the best ways to be present is to recognize that, well, I think if anything, 2020 and COVID has taught us like how precious our health is and our time is, right? Yeah. Now, yes. if we lose our health, maybe, maybe there's a chance we can get it back. Right. Yeah. yeah. But if you lose your time, there's no getting that back. That's right. So it is it, it's the most precious thing that we have. And my husband has said this for a long time. And I think it finally really just like clicked for me. Like there's no getting this time. So we have to decide how we're gonna spend our time. And being present means understanding that where you are right now, you can enjoy it or you can piss it away. Yep. Right? Yeah. You can yeah. you can relish it and do something valuable with that time. Or you can waste it. And when I say waste time, I don't mean just the, you know, being on social media too long or right. just binge watching stuff. I mean, wasting your time being angry, mm -hmm. wasting your time holding a grudge, wasting your time, you know, with people who aren't worthy of you. That's right. That's right. Worry. Because worry has never lent anything to any situation ever. And didn't, I think in your book, you say something about, you know, about worry. And, and it was just something that really, I mean, of course it got a highlight. Um, there's probably not much that didn't get the highlight. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did write this book, honestly, for people to either, you know, yeah, read it all at once or, you know, pick it up when you feel like you just need something to help you get through the day. And I wanted it to be something people could go back to, you know, and it definitely is. It, it definitely is something that you can go back to. And even, even down to like we talked about before when it was just us, we talked, I, I talked about how you really highlighted, you know, certain keys in there. So that even when you're in one of those days that you just need something, you can just open through there and hit those highlights. And I really love that. It's really such a, such a great resource. And, and it really is a beautiful resource. So I think one of the things I took from there and wanted to talk to you about was the danger of comfort zones. And I know we kind of we yeah. covered a bit in the in the beginning, but you know, this is what I've been currently going through in my life where the comfort zones have been shaken up. But being so deep in our comfort zones is a big thing in recovery and even active addiction. And that can be very dangerous. So talk to us about your take on the danger of comfort zones. Absolutely. You're referring to the chapter titled Comfort Be Damned. <laughs> because there are there are two different types of comfort, right? There's the comfort where, you know, I want to curl up with a on a cold day with a book and some hot chocolate and, you know, and by a fireplace. And there's the comfort that, you know, you've just gotten so used to something being the way that it is. Yeah. That anything else, anything outside of that space is is scary, is terrifying. Yeah. Um, even though you know that where you are isn't good, it's not healthy, it's not serving you, 
it's comfortable because you know it. Yeah. yeah. And that's when you have to say comfort be damned because when you are able to get out of that fear, when you do recognize, wait, this isn't healthy and you want to step out, you're leaving that comfort zone, right? And this is something that not just addicts have to worry about and regular, but like leaders and CEOs and people who always want to make a shift, right? Who want to make yeah. a change for the better. Everybody has to, to do that. When they say step out of your comfort zone, that's what this is about. But when you do, when you do make that leap of faith and faith is believing in what you can't see yet, right? Yes. When you do that, something magical happens and the universe rises up to meet you. You just have to take that first step of saying yes. You know, yes, yes I'm not going to stay like this anymore. Yes, I'm not going to, you know, go hang out with those people. Yes, I'm not going to tolerate this behavior. Yes, that's amazing. Uh, yes, and I love that. And it's that brings me to that one of my favorite Probably one of my favorite sentences of all time is any book I've ever read was, I am a master manifester. I was like, I yeah. am. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best line ever. I am a master manifester. And we all are. We all we are. are. We don't even know it. We don't even know it because we do we it don't. all the time. We do it all the time. And sometimes we do it with the bad shit. And that's usually when we don't really realize that we're doing it, right? Yeah. We think, oh, it just only happens for good stuff. No, it happens for when, oh, well, so-and-so, this is going to happen. Well, it, And yep. then it does. Yeah, guess what? You just contributed to that. You How about changing the way that you think? And it's like, you know, I don't want to make anybody think that there's like this magic spell. I know. But there kind of is. It's really weird. So I'm literally sitting in my bathroom right now. There's a fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason is because I'm a master manifester. I swear to you, it took two years or so to find this house because, and we were living with my parents. The fact that you didn't see me and my family on an episode of date mine <laughs> is nothing short of a miracle. Okay. But I had, I wrote a list out saying exactly how much I wanted to pay for a house, what I wanted in this house. And I said, you know, I wanted I wanted a pool. I wanted a bathroom, a master bedroom that had a fireplace that went from the bedroom to the bathroom. And of all the houses we looked at, and we looked at dozens and dozens and dozens of houses, this was the only one that had that. <laughs> and it was listed. It was listed exactly for the price I put on the piece of paper. So when I say manifest up, like get, it starts in your head, get yep. it out of your head onto a screen, onto a piece of paper and activate that faith, activate that belief, act like you, you already have it. It's already yeah. yours, right? Yeah. Not that I'm going to, not the, when this happens, I right. have this, I am this. Because, yeah. you know, we were talking about the brain earlier, right? And how, how do we talk ourselves out of the, the negative things, right? And, and we, we can almost trick our brains. It's really weird. I don't fully understand it. There's some psychologists who know more than I do, so I'm not even gonna claim. Like I have a full understanding, but I do know it's like, you know, when they do those studies and, and they either have people shooting baskets, right? Or they yeah. show a video of people shooting baskets yeah. and the same part of the brain lights up, whether they physically did it or they saw somebody else do it. Yep. Yep. It's the same with the words that we use. Absolutely. Right? Our brain believes it. So when you're saying the negative stuff, when you're saying, oh, I'm a loser, I'm this, I'm the other, catch yourself 
and 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 flip the script, right? And start saying it, even if you don't believe it, even if it's not coming from your heart at the moment. Yes. But you do that, and you train your brain, yep. and eventually your brain starts believing it, and then you start believing it, right? Yep. And it starts showing, and it just starts showing up in your world. My, you know, many of, of this, this audience knows my story, but the very beginning of it, when I came to this place and said, all right, no more, man. Like I, I either got to go out doing this or I've got to do something. And I know that it starts here. And I sat down, I had seen the movie, The Secret, like probably most of us have. And I, about a couple of years before, and the only thing that that did for me was open up like the possibility of looking into different, you know, law things. Sure, sure. It was, but we don't understand it because many, and I love that you're sharing it the way I share it because the gurus want you to think that it is all only for good things. And they do not tell you that the contrast is also very real and that all the time you're saying, well, I can't afford it. Uh, it my favorite if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck. Um, and, you know, it just keeps showing up. And when I sat down and watched this one free webinar of the 12 Universal Laws with Bob Proctor, I wrote them down, went and did research. And that's how I started beginning to set my life on a different, yeah. a different trail. And it started with a gratitude list. And at the time, I could only muster up one thing. Same wife, same kid, had a house, wasn't homeless. I wasn't my house, but I wasn't homeless. I wasn't starving. And I could not see it that way. I only saw where I was failing yes. them and failing this. I spoke and believed into an existence that we were going to have an apartment it was going to be in a two bedroom. It was going to be this, that, and the other. I wrote that out. I was grateful for it. I spoke as if it were already mine. I believed it in everything I was. And we just moved out of that apartment three days ago. And we were there for six years. It was what gave us a jumping off point. Gratitude and writing things down, changing the way you speak, changing the way that you think. It all takes practice. It all takes work but it will change your entire life. Those things start showing up, they you know? Do. They do. And we need that evidence sometimes, not to know that our little trick is working, but to know that there is possibilities for every bit of this darkness to be illuminated in our lives. And if you can do it in one area of your life, you can do it in every area of your life. And that is the honest truth. That's what I believe. And I, I hold that because I see it in my life right. right now. We don't, we don't know where we're going, but I can guarantee you, I got a list down of the house that we are fixing to own and, and have and, and what it's going to look like. I'm with you on that. So with you on that. Kareth, this, gosh, we need about three more hours. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I will always come back. We can do a part two and a, a twelve. And a <laughs> Thank you, because there's just so much left. And so, yes, I I love, I love this. Oh, it's my thing. Every time, 
and the fear starts talking to me before every interview, you know, it'll, it'll come and it'll start. And then every time I do this, the needle hits the groove and I'm so grateful to have done this. I'm so grateful for you. I'm going to, what I'm going to do um, to do this giveaway, Kareth, of this beautiful, amazing, resourceful book is I am going to, when this, when our show ends, uh-huh. I'm going to write down the names of every person that was here live with us. Okay. And I am then going to do a live drawing of those names on Winning Wednesday. So y'all show up Winning Wednesday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right back here. You know where I am. And that's when I will reveal the winner of Kara's book, You Can Be Perfect or You Can Be Happy. In the meantime, have many copies of it because you're going to want to give it out. It's available. It's available at Amazon. That's where I got mine. Um, Kara, tell us where else it the book is available. Is it available on your it's website? Where it is right now. So if people actually want a signed copy, which is what the giveaway is all about, yep. um, they can they can just reach out to me directly, and I will um, get them out a signed copy for the same price that it's on for Amazon and on everything. But that way, a signed copy. But yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, just you know, and I'm I'm at Kareth at Kareth.com is my email, um, and my website is kareth.com so people can reach out to me through there so it's um yeah it's it's yeah so awesome so what would you so what would you leave us with today like if this what what nugget would you leave this beautiful amazing audience with today oh gosh you know you don't know what you don't know and i hope that that doesn't strike fear, right, or doubt, but rather is a a spark of you know wanting to broaden your horizons and expand your knowledge. Yes. Um, because we're all, I mean, nobody has this all figured out. <laughs> Not a single person. We no. are all navigating this thing called life, right? And trying to make the best of it and do the best that we can. Yep. Um, and and the I mean we talked about it before, but, you know, loving yourself, understanding the fact that just your mere existence, right? I think we shared this earlier, the fact that that, you know, not to get into biology class, but the fact that that one little sperm fed that one little egg and made you like, that is such a miraculous thing, right? These microscopic things came together to form you. You are not an accident. You have purpose. And, and if you didn't, you wouldn't be here. Come and on. I think that's what so many people forget or don't realize or were never told. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Or either told the opposite. And so don't believe the lie. You are absolutely here for a valuable, you know, purpose. You're meant to be here and everything that you're going through in every opposition is a seed of opportunity and it all really comes in and how you want to go with it. And, you know, I would beg of everyone here to, to really rewatch this broadcast and really keep getting all that's here because there's so much healing content just in, in this conversation. And, you know, you'll get something new every single time you watch it. Kareth, you have been, an absolute gift 
to to me to give to this these beautiful folks and and you have to come back um because uh there's just so much more there is so much more that i want to keep giving to them because they are beautiful and they grow and and it just reminds me again like i said to you when i first started reading the book is that it just reminds me that regardless of the color of our skin our you know gender our identities or whatever all of that stuff is we're all just human beings trying to navigate through and trying to live the best possible life and version of us that's possible and so thank you for for giving of yourself to the world with you can be happier you can be perfect with everything that you do and um you got to come back you got to come you back know it. I'm, I'm totally you know i'm down i i adore you and i appreciate you and i'm so glad that you are now in my life um and that you are doing your best and your darndest to help heal the world because we need you thank you thank you so much yes soul connections come through here i am so grateful so grateful so everybody that's the deal i am going to go through and take everyone's name write it down we'll do the live drawing at 8 a.m wednesday morning winning wednesday y'all know where to find me and um again thank y'all so much Kareth dot com that's a k-a-r-i-t-h carith what did who said that with a lisp so like what that was like carrot with a lisp <laughs> so people can pronounce it properly people destroy my name i'm like it's six letters you and me both i watched a stand up and that's what he said that you said when he's introduced you i thought that was just <laughs> I thought it was great. All right, everybody, Soul Warriors, you know I love you. We now love Kareth. She's a part of this family. Everybody get out of here and have the most amazing self-care Sunday of your entire life. Why? Because you choose to. And yes, you are that powerful. And I will see you guys on Winning Wednesday live with LC right here on Facebook and YouTube as always. And until then, I love you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. take a moment to thank Miss Kareth Foster for lending us her passion, her love, her support, and her time to come here and share from her heart, her passion project, her book, You Can Be Perfect or You Can Be Happy. It is an amazing book filled with resources that you can come back to over and over and over again in your healing journey. It's amazingly funny. It is brilliantly written. And you can just feel how much of Kareth's story is in this book and where she wrote it from. I'm telling you, get to Amazon or Kareth 
K-A-R-I-T-H.com. That's K-A-R-I-T-H.com. And order your copy of You Can Be Perfect or You Can Be Happy right now, today. I mean, as soon as you cut this podcast off, go ahead and order your copy. I promise you, you will not regret it. It will be a resource from now until the rest of your life. It's an amazing book. And thank you, Miss Foster, for bringing your beautiful brand of love and passion to our platform. It was an absolute pleasure. And we will have Miss Kareth Foster back on our show sometime this season. So, y'all, get over there, order the book, and stay right here on Recovery Soul Food Podcast for more soul nourishing content for the love of you. Now see, what did I tell you? I knew Kareth Foster would deliver the soul nourishing goods. And let me tell you, she did not disappoint. We've got a great season lined up for you here on the Recovery Soul Food Podcast. We are kicking off our next four episodes with a sober relationship expert, guru, my good friend, my mentor, Amy Guerrero, is going to be with us for the next four episodes to help us navigate relationships in recovery. I mean, let's just face it, we weren't perfect healthy people before we got into active addiction. So just putting away our drug of choice, substance, habit, whatever it is, is not where everything ends. We have to now heal those deep rooted issues within us. And we can have a healthy, happy life. I mean, if not, what's the point of recovery? So Amy Guerrero of Thrive in Recovery with Amy is going to join us, like I said, for the next four episodes, kicking off on January 30th for a sober relationship series. And so I hope you will tune in for that. Remember, you can support the Recovery Soul Food Podcast right here on anchor.fm. And, you know, even not even monetary support you can absolutely make sure that you are liking the podcast on your platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to this to this podcast. And you can make sure you like it, make sure you share it, and also write a review for this podcast. I bring this soul-nourishing content because I want people to reach a place in their lives where they feel recovered, not always looking over their shoulder for relapse. I believe that we can heal our roots deep down, the roots that keep us reaching for that escape, that trauma, that, that feeling of not enoughness, all of those subconscious beliefs that lie underneath us and and help drive our lives in those places that can be destructive. And so I do my best to find the greatest, 
most amazing human beings to bring true passion and love into this podcast to nourish your soul. And don't ever get it twisted. It equally nourishes mine. I want to see every single one of you live your dreams. If it wasn't meant for you, like we talked about in this episode, if it wasn't meant for you, you wouldn't be dreaming about it. So don't let that stinking thinking, those subconscious limiting beliefs, talk you out of taking and achieving what is yours to have here in this life. Your recovery, your trauma can turn out to be the best things that have ever happened to you. They directly are related to your purpose on this earth at this time. And so don't just dismiss those things that you dream about, that you feel pulled to. So keep joining us back here on the Recovery Soul Food Podcast to continue that deep, nourishing healing and to know that you can rise from barely hanging on to recovery strong.